Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is CBS Sports Radio, and you are locked in to the JR Sport Brief Show. I'm coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, Rocket can. I'm being joined by the amazing Jack Stern and you. Yeah, you. Yeah, specifically you, the person listening. Are you at work? You at home? You going to work? You leaving work? I don't know what you're doing, but I'm glad that you're here. Me? I'm just in the studio. I was watching Thursday Night Football. I'm saying to myself, what type of garbage are they shoveling me where I got to watch Carolina and the Falcons? Oh, my goodness. Help me out here. Carolina, they come out on top 25 to 15. They improved their record. It ain't still a good one. It's still terrible. It's a three and seven. And the Falcons, they fall to four and six. It was rainy, it was wet, it was ugly. Carolina basically destroyed the Falcons on the ground, rushing for 232 yards. Atlanta, meanwhile, on the other hand, one of the best rushing teams in the NFL, 138 yards on the ground. That's it. Even Cordell Patterson kind of still back and getting into the groove after time off. Five carries, 18 yards. Marcus Mariota led the way. Three scrambles, if you want to call them that, for 43 yards. Carolina had Mariota's number all game long. Marcus Mariota was sacked five times. Marcus Mariota threw one of the ugliest passes I've ever seen in my life. He threw a pass basically from his ass. While he was sideways, you, you'd have to Google it. And he needs to be lucky he was called down. Because he threw a pass and he didn't know where it was going. He might as well closed his eyes and made a wish. He did throw an interception to J.C. Horn. What's up to his dad? What's up, Joe? And Marcus Mariota basically has a lot of people begging and wishing 
for Desmond Ritter to see the field. Now, let me be clear. Everything going on with the Falcons is not Marcus Mariota's fault. I saw two defenders tackle each other. They couldn't tackle a Panther tonight to save their lives. Nobody could tackle a Panther. And Marcus Mariota, man, this guy was a a sitting duck as well. He made some poor, terrible decisions. Here, you want to know how the game basically went? Carolina was in control. And somehow, some way, even at the end of the game, after Marcus Mariota threw two touchdowns, Young Wei Koo throughout the course of the second half, two of his point after a point after attempts didn't go over. And then it seemed like uh, maybe, just maybe, Atlanta was going to go down the field and potentially tie the game, right? Because this is what quarterbacks do. Like, every now and then you deliver a game-winning drive. This is still the Falcons, and this is still Marcus Mariota. And so when they had that chance and an opportunity, with the game at 22-15, to 15, of course, Marcus Mariota... He got sacked, not once. He got sacked twice. Listen to this, courtesy of the Panthers Radio Network. Steve Wilkes was very emphatic on the sideline, talking to the safeties, everybody in the community, making sure they're on the same page. Communication. Four-man rush, seven-man drop. Mariota is sacked. It's Haynes again. Back inside the 20. The Panthers take over. The D-line came to play. The pass rush. Seals it for Carolina. Marquise Haynes said, nope, this game is over. It was fourth down. The ball exchanged hands on downs. And all they had to do really was come through and kick a field goal. And boom, there's your final 25 to 15. Steve Wilkes knowing that his team walked away with the victory, knowing that they just handed Marcus Mariota his ass. Uh, He was proud of what his defense did. Listen. Defensively, I thought we did a great job um, in the first half, stopping the run. Uh, Things got a little away from us at uh, at times. Um, We got to tackle better. But I love the way we finished from a standpoint on defense. We had five sacks. Uh, It's an outstanding job. Yeah, the defense did an excellent job out there. They were daring Marcus Mariota to throw the pass, and they were just destroying him either way. On the offensive side of the ball, man, I told you about the the yards on the ground, 232 yards on the ground. Deontay Foreman, 31 carries, 130 yards, and a touchdown. He got the game ball after the game. And he wasn't even touched, it felt like, most of the time that he was receiving the handoff. And so Steve Wilkes, he gave the defense some credit. He gave the offensive line some credit, too. We talked all week. In order to win this game, we're going to have to control the line of scrimmage. And offensively, I thought we did a tremendous job. We rushed for 232. Uh, Foreman had uh, 130 yards rushing off 31 carries. Uh, I think that's very impressive. You think it's very impressive? No, it is. At the same time, the, the Falcons, they don't, they don't play defense. They got major injuries, but you can go by that. And it's not like P.J. Walker had to come out here and do a whole hell of a lot of work. It was raining. This wasn't a pass-happy type game. 
Baker Mayfield was on the bench watching. Sam Darnold, I don't know where Sam Darnold was. I, I know he's on the team, but I didn't see him. Who cares? P.J. Walker completed 10 of 16 passes, 108 yards. He threw a sweep to LaVisca Chenault. It was considered a rush, not a pass. And so P.J. Walker, he had it easy tonight, right? He had it easy. And he's feeling good about the team. He's optimistic about them. If we go out there and play the way we played tonight, we got an opportunity to win games. If I go out there protect the football, um, give us an opportunity to go out there and make plays and put the ball in our receivers' hands and let them guys do what they do, I think we got a great chance. Y'all got the Ravens next. The only way the Ravens lose is if the Ravens beat themselves. Like blowing a fourth quarter lead, but maybe the Ravens got that out their system. What about the Falcons? What do they got next? Well, they'll be home. And they'll host the Chicago Bears. So Justin Fields is going to come into town. He's going to try to walk into his hometown and run all over the damn place. Right? And then Marcus Mariota, he's going to be the starter, right? Or is Ritter going to get that chance? Uh, Well, Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, he was asked about the quarterback situation, and let's say he he bobbed and weaved. Guys, you can make it about the quarterback. How about about the team? So we we had an opportunity at the end of the the fourth quarter of the last two weeks and uh, a lot of different ways and a lot of different phases, Mike. We got to get better, and uh, we're thankful that we got an opportunity to come back and do that with seven games left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The defense sucks. We know Marcus Mariota is—he's okay. He's all right. He's like—he's like unseasoned food. Can you live off of it? Yeah. Can you survive? Yeah. Is it a preference? No. You want—you want some flavor. You want some life. As a quarterback, he's not doing anything but giving you a headache. And this doesn't have anything to do with the talent around him, not the offensive line, not the weapons, not who he throws to, whether it's Pitts or Drake or you or me. No. His decision-making is poor. His accuracy leaves a whole lot to be desired. He stinks. Let's be real. Let's also call a spade a spade. He has the job because he worked with Arthur Smith in in Tennessee. Come on. The Falcons have been living the good life so far this season just by staying alive, just by staying close to 500. Well, now they're four and six. They're going to beat the Bears? Yeah, they could. Can Marcus Mariota lead him into victory? Oh, hell yeah, of course he could. I think he's going to start the next game. I think he's going to be the starter for the season until he either A, gets hurt, he starts to falter so bad that they put in Ritter. I know there are a lot of people who want to just see Ritter go into the game. Let's get him prepped now. Have him go out there. No. There's a way that you do this. There's a process of which you maintain the integrity of the team, the interest of the team, Let Marcus Mariota just flat lose the job. It wasn't tonight. And when you do see Desmond Ritter out there, 
the third-round pick. Let's not act like he was the number one overall draft pick and everybody's just waiting to see him. Let's, let's put him in a place where he can succeed. Not to tell him, hey, man, you're going to start for a week and a half. But just let him go out there with no pressure, like at a halftime, in a fourth quarter, to open up a game or open up a quarter. I think he'll get his chance and an opportunity. And if he was really that damn good, he would have had Marcus Mariota removed from the situation already. 855-212-4CBS. It's 855-212-4CBS. Gerald is calling from New Orleans. Hey, JR, honestly, dude, I, I'm a huge fan of yours, but tonight I'm kind of disappointed, man. Your whole show has been based on, like, hating on Marcus Mariota and hedging your bets about what you're saying about him. Everything you said, you've hedged on, bro. You've been said he got sacked five times, but it's not the offensive line. And then the defense did there. They gave up 200-some yards rushing, but it's not the defense. And Desmond Ritter's a second-round pick. You're going to come in and do something better than him, huh? Bro, when he gets in there, bro, you're, this is just some hot take art tonight, Jaron. and I'm really disappointed, bro. That's all I have to say. It sounds like you have a comprehension issue, Gerald. Gerald has a comprehension issue. There's no hedging. There's living in reality. Everything going on is not Marcus Mariota's fault. But being the most important player on the team is... He's awful. He's been able to toe the line and be okay. But his decision-making is trash. What you might have missed, Gerald, and I don't know why Gerald is so upset. Maybe he needs a hug late at night. That was a real angry call for, uh, for Marcus Mariota, of all things. There are people who, and this is in response to one of the callers who said, oh, no, no, it's time to sit down Marcus Mariota. It's not all Marcus Mariota's fault. And there's other parts and people on the team who are screwing up. Well, yeah, we know that. He's screwing up too. That's not hedging bets. That's reality. The defense stinks for the Falcons. But you know what Marcus Mariota doesn't do? He don't play defense. He doesn't catch the ball. He's in charge of throwing it and making decisions when the ball is snapped. And he's doing a crap job at it. And he's a placeholder. Matt Ryan at the end of his tenure, placeholder until the Falcons could identify the next quarterback. Well, they haven't done that. Marcus Mariota is here, placeholder. There's a very good chance that Desmond Ritter is also a placeholder. This is not hot take city. I don't do hot take. I do common sense and reality. And I'm sorry that tonight your best friend, wherever he or she is in New Orleans, didn't give you a hug. I hope you can get one. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4CBS. James is calling from L.A. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, JR? Hey, great show as always, man. Love love listening to you, brother. Hey, listen, uh, everybody in that division, their main problem is they don't have a quarterback. Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta. Uh, Tampa Bay is probably the best. You know, of course, they got Superman with Brady. But uh, everyone else, you know, they're just wasting time for it. They're, they're fighting for the picks for next year. That's what I'm thinking. So I don't even give it no credence. I mean, today, yeah, it was a decent game, I guess, if you if you have nothing to do for Thursday night. But 
they, you know, they don't have no quarterback. They don't have no quarterback, so I'm not even worried about it. But real quick, I heard a, I heard a rumor, uh, you know, that uh, they're going to get rid of Derek Carr next year and Brady's going there to Vegas. If we snatch him up, I mean, a broken Tom Brady is still better than 70% of the league. I just want to get your thoughts on that, but this, this, none of these people in this, in this division is going anywhere because they don't have a quarterback. Well, That's my take. Well, well, thank you, James, for calling from L.A. Uh, I feel like every every part of Tom Brady's career over the past several seasons has been nothing but rumors. We heard this before, right? The Dolphins, the Niners, and then we found out there it wasn't a rumor. It was true about the Dolphins, them trying to bring him in there and tampering, and he's with the Bucks and he's retiring. It, until Tom Brady is on the television screen calling games for Fox and he has even more gray hair and he's maybe two seasons removed, everything is going to be a rumor. Tom Brady will be standing in the broadcast booth for Fox and he'll be a year removed from the game and people will still be talking about, well, you know, if this quarterback does this, then Tom Brady will be right back out there on the field. Well, if Tom Brady does this, so there's always going to be rumors. Can Tom Brady get through this season first? Now that the Falcons lost, the Buccaneers, they have sole possession of first place in the NFC South. And how else was this going to turn out? The Saints are trying to figure out their lives. The Panthers, they just fired their head coach, and now you got Steve Wilkes. Falcons, it's true. And let's be real. Is it going to get any better in the NFC South at any point? If Tom Brady decides to retire at the end of this year, the Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints, and Panthers are all going to be running around trying to figure out who their QB is. And realistically, how many of them are going to be that damn bad where they have the, a selection for the cream of the crop? Stroud and Young and Levis. The Saints, Panthers, and Falcons are all going to get there? I don't think so. Ralph is here from Miami. Go ahead, Ralph. Hey, dear. How you doing? I love your show. And I really do disagree with the previous caller, but because he did mention Marcus Mariota, is, that's the only thing that you're talking about. But actually, that is the, the main reason. Because just like you say, the, the play tonight, I, was just, I just pulled out my phone and was just pulling out the game, and I just seen the play. Yes, that was horrible. I was even thinking, I know concussion is not something to talk about, but I was there asking myself, did he lose his mind or something? You're on your back, and you're still trying to throw the ball? Like, that makes no sense to me. Because I remember him in, with the Titans. The reason the Titans got rid of him, because he was getting rid of uh, making foul plays, making throwing intercession left and right. So I don't know why people think that Marcus Mariota should be a god in this situation for them. I don't Look. think he's the quarterback for the Falcons anyway. You, 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 you said it, Ralph. The man attempted. He attempted to throw a pass off of his back, like without seeing anything. He just blindly threw the ball in the air. God bless him. He needs to be thrilled that it didn't count, that he was quote-unquote down. But he tried to stay upright and throw the ball. Like, what are you doing? It's, uh, I don't but know. Did you see him? His hand was already on the floor, too. Yeah, his hand was on the ground. He's trying to keep himself up, and he's still trying to throw the ball. 
you know, Ralph, and thank you for calling from Miami. I wish, I wish it counted. I wish it did. Because it would have been one of the dumbest passes I've ever seen in my life. It didn't count, and it's still one of the dumbest passes I've ever seen in my life. And that's why I say Marcus Mariota, he should walk back from Charlotte, North Carolina, all the way to Atlanta. He should walk. They shouldn't put him on a plane. 855-212-4CBS. It's 855-212-4CBS. I'm going to take more of your calls on the other side. I'm going to tell you about my amazing trip to Rochester, New York, working with the University of Rochester in Special Olympics. But we got more to do. It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We just saddled with uh, this crap Thursday night games for a while here, huh? Last week, we saw Philadelphia beat up Houston. They didn't annihilate them early, but uh, they took care of them late. Tonight, we saw two teams that are just waiting and hoping to get their quarterback situations resolved. We, we saw them go out there in Carolina. They took care of Atlanta. There's really only one point in the game where you said, oh, maybe Atlanta has a chance. And then as we pull into next week, week 11, this will be more interesting. The Tennessee Titans will take on the Green Bay Packers. We know the Green Bay Packers are not currently a good team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will probably complain after the game. This is football, so you never know what the hell will happen. But Derrick Henry, is he going to rush for 160 yards and a Tennessee victory? Is is Aaron Rodgers going to throw three more INTs? Unlikely, but as long as he's on the losing side, I'll feel okay about that. 855-212-4CBS. Let's go to Chicago and talk to Rich. Good evening. Good evening to you, Rich. What's on your mind? I got I got a couple things for you. One, I think the average fan doesn't understand what you've tried to explain, and that is about Ritter. And I think the difference is if you think he's the future, you play him. If he's a placeholder, you don't because you don't want to ruin the kid. But I'll give you a great example. You look at Lance, Mac Jones, Fields, Trevor Lawrence. They are the futures, and they were trotted out early on. And then you look at a guy like Love for Green Bay and Trask, the Gator kid down at Tampa Bay. Yes, Kyle. But they thought they were the futures of these aging quarterbacks. Both Love and Trask would be playing a little bit. They're not. So I think it's indicative of saying, we don't think Ritter is the future and we're going to be in the quarterback draft. But what I was disappointed about was – First of all, the Panthers are last in power rankings, and here's why. They're 30th in the league in offense, 30th in defense. How in the world can the Falcons lose to those guys? Well, it's not like it's, it's not tough. like the Falcons have uh, all that better of a defense themselves, and their offense can be middle of the road. A lot of it is dependent on a Marcus Mariota, and if he can't even keep you honest by passing the ball – what are we doing here? You know, the guy who got angry from New Orleans, he's just like, well, how can you say the, the he got sacked five times, but then he's bad? Well, both are true. If you can look at his decision-making and then look at the line, like he can be sacked five times because the offensive line sucks, 
But then when he actually has a chance to move the ball down the field, what is he doing? Like it, it you gotta you gotta be able to look at the big full picture, not pick and choose what you want to see. Well, to your to your point, because I actually looked this up because you're right. The Falcons' defense is ranked 28, so they're not stopping anybody. But here's what's what is key to really defend Mariota, and I'm not here to do that because he does throw jump balls and he holds on to the ball too long. But the reason he does it, I think. Because when you look at the offensive line rank in the NFL, which the NFL ranks groups and teams, they're ranked 31st. They're next to last. So the question is, if you had you know, a world-class quarterback with a 31st-ranked offensive line, how effective are you going to be? Although I don't think he's very good. This doesn't correct. Help. Yeah, because my, and my point, you, you're correct, but my point goes beyond the current team. We have all seen what Marcus Mariota is as an NFL player. And it isn't so much just about what the offensive line is ranked this year or the weapons that are around him. He is what he is. He ain't going to get no better. Or, you know, let me not say that because we see what's taking place with Geno Smith. But from what we've seen, he, he hasn't improved. What you see with Marcus Mariota is what you get. And there's a a reliance on his athleticism. And let's be real. This is probably going to be his last chance and his last opportunity to be a starter in the NFL. It's not like a quarterback who is 30 years old, uh, who really hasn't improved, that he's going to be and maintain his athleticism as he gets into his 30s. He's going to be on the bench. Well, the Falcons aren't going to be in a position to draft one of the top kids that are coming out either, so what do they do? Well, this that's not to say. Let me tell you something. The Falcons are so unpredictable in, in every element and aspect, whether it's game to game, play to play. Uh, when Dan Quinn was still here, the team played one half of football. Now they play back and forth and up and down. It's – you don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Falcons bottomed out the rest of the year. Uh, this is a, And this is why people here are so frustrated, man, because we saw the writing on the wall from Matt Ryan, and they held on too long, and now they're paying for it. And so where they get that QB from, to be honest, I have no idea. I thought the quarterback that they should have taken, that he's gone, is Fields, and it's too late for that. He's going to come into town, and he's probably going to run all over him. Well, you know what's interesting about the Bears? As much as they're touted here as having the greatest running attack, if you back out just Justin Fields, and this is why I argue with the local guys here in Chicago, if you back out his rushing yards, the Bears go from first to 13th in running the ball. Oh, it's... Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 necessary. It's no different than than the Falcons here. You, and, and granted, they've missed Cordell Patterson, and they've had other guys step up on, from the rushing attack. But it's it's out of necessity. A lot of these dudes are, are are great at throwing the football. It's not like they're the Ravens. And people even look at Lamar Jackson and say, well, they're they're number one at rushing because he can't he can't throw. So you'll always have detractors. But the difference is, that's a good team. These other two teams that, that we just mentioned between the Bears and, and, and the Falcons, they're not. 
and they're, they're just trying to hold on and and stay on. It's only but so long you can do that. You know, I think it was James in L.A. He hit he hit the nail on the head. The NFC South is already quarterback purgatory. And if it wasn't for Tom Brady, and we know he ain't sticking around for long, it's just going to get worse. It really is. When Tom Brady decides to leave, sure, one of these teams, whether it be the Saints, the Falcons, the Panthers, somebody's going to end up with a franchise quarterback. One or two of these teams is going to end up drafting one of the big names. It's just how far they're going to fall. I would think, I would expect the Carolina Panthers to do the most falling. I think they may end up on the top. They should have just held on to Matt Rule and just stunk all the way through. That might have been a better strategy. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. Carolina Panthers beat Falcons tonight, 25-15. to And when we come back, I want to tell you about the amazing time that I've had in Rochester, New York. Don't move. It is the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. As usual, we've had a busy, busy night. We've talked about the Washington football team being sued by the Attorney General for the District of Columbia. We've talked about the Colts and Jim Ursay still defending Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday defending himself on taking the job. We talked about Phil Knight. Yes, Nike. This man said the relationship with Kyrie Irving is pretty much done. I don't think we're coming back from that, says Phil Knight. LeBron James, he lets everyone know that he doesn't have a tear in his groin. He has an adductor strain, excuse me. And, um, yeah, he's going to be out maybe about a week. He's not going to play tomorrow versus the Sacramento Kings, the Brooklyn Nets is a game that's coming up. And then for some odd reason, the Lakers have quite a few days off. Josh Allen, we still don't know whether or not he's going to play this Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. Matthew Stafford, still in concussion protocol. Darren Waller, he is now on injured reserve in addition to Hunter Renfro. And so things don't look on the up and up for the Raiders. And so good luck to them as they take on the Colts. That might be the the garbage bowl. I don't know what you want to call it, but enjoy it. And then, of course, we've talked about this recently. Thursday night football. The Falcons lose to the Panthers in Charlotte. The final score there, 25-15. to 15. Two teams in the NFC South trying to figure out where they can go and go on the up and up. There will be no up and up until they get their hands on a quarterback. It's a hard knock life now, isn't it? Meanwhile, me, besides doing the show here, I've had an amazing time in Rochester, New York. An hour away from Buffalo in western New York, just south of Lake Ontario. It's been an amazing time. And why was I in Rochester for the Media for the Movement Tour? where I'm going all over the country visiting colleges and universities talking about how to utilize sport to make people's lives better. 
It's simple, right? You can use sports to improve the lives of others, as well as health. There's a great tie-in between health and sports. If you ain't healthy, you probably aren't going to compete the best in sports. And if you're not healthy, you probably won't have the best chance of just having a good time in anything. And unfortunately for individuals with intellectual disabilities, they don't necessarily always get the same care. And so that's why I was at the University of Rochester, had an amazing time speaking with the students about, you know, how we can all make a difference, whether you're me, a sports broadcaster, or whether you're a student, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse. And so I had a chance to meet some great, great people, starting off with my main man, Chris Teach. Chris, he's a Special Olympics athlete. He competes in gymnastics. He wants to compete in American Ninja Warrior. And he was just down in Florida, in Orlando, at the USA Games. And I asked him specifically, man, Chris, you're amazing. What does competing in the Special Olympics show? And he told me, he's like, JR, it's a game changer. It shows that no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, or no matter um, what your background is, all that matters is that you, is that you have something unique to bring. Because Special Olympics is, is it, 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 they they are a game changer. No, we all have something unique to bring, and that's what makes us all special. And so, not only did I meet Chris and 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 he told everyone about what he competes in and what he does. We also spoke with the president and CEO of Special Olympics New York, Stacy Hangsterman, and I asked her about the Galasano Foundation. They have been able to help support Special Olympics, millions of dollars, where Special Olympics athletes can receive health screenings so they can A, be healthy, but then also compete in sport. And this is what Stacy told me about the, the impact that the Galasanos and the foundation have had. I think 10 years ago when the partnership of the Galasana Foundation and Special Olympics started, it was the realization that you cannot compete if you are not healthy. If you do not are not wearing the right shoe size, if you don't have the right glasses prescription, if you have a toothache, a toothache could absolutely bring somebody down. And if you can't communicate that that is what is affecting your behavior, your mood and everything, it's a game changer for you. You could go on medication for the wrong thing. So by just making sure we're screening our athletes, letting them know we want to make sure they're healthy um, to get out and play their very best has been um, a real game changer, I think, for Special Olympics and really did make our um, just added more urgency to our mission and our movement. Yeah, you, you want to feel good so you can go out and compete. And I think whether you want to play sports or not, everybody wants to feel good. And so how about this? I asked Dr. Steve Sulkis. He's the developmental behavioral pediatrician at the University of Rochester Medical Center. He works with folks to just make sure they have the same medical care as anyone else. I asked Dr. Steve, simple, what's the goal? What can we all do? This is what he said. The goal of healthcare for people with developmental disabilities is to have access to quality health care wherever you are and whatever your needs. There are times when you need a specialist who understands your specific 
needs, but there are also times when you just need to be seen by a physician or other healthcare provider who can take the time to, to listen to what's going on for you, to examine you completely, and be sure that what gets prescribed actually fits for you. Yeah, simple health care, right? You want to talk about sports? It's simple health care. Just, just getting the same access and the same treatment and, and not being ignored or being treated different is being treated the same. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. And so Aaron Baylor, professor, nursing, University of Rochester, I asked her about just, just her thoughts. And I love what she said. She says, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. We all have different levels of just ability. Listen. It is incredibly rewarding to see these young athletes be empowered to really achieve their fullest potential. And no one is seeing the, their limitations. Um, they are not, it's not about focusing on their disabilities. It's about seeing all of the abilities that they have. Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, we all have things that we're good at, things that we're not good at. It's a matter of understanding what that is and looking at it as, hey, what are you good at? It's real simple. And what is my main man Chris good at? Not just gymnastics. He's a huge sports fan. And so I asked Chris Teach, man, I know you like the Bills. I know you like the Buffalo Bills a whole lot. What advice would you give him? What would you say to the Buffalo Bills? This is Chris's response. Play hard. Beat them Vikings. Beat all the the teams. And stay strong. But stay healthy. Just keep your head in the game. And let's go. Yeah, let's go Bills. Why not? I think having Chris out there if Josh Allen can't play is probably – a better idea. I'd take Chris over Case Keenum, but that's just me personally. And so I want to say a big thank you to everyone at the University of Rochester. Uh, It was uh, an amazing time speaking with the students, uh, speaking with the faculty, the staff. And I think we all understand this. This this we all need to be treated equally, whether it's a matter of health care or utilizing sports to do good it's they're, they're all tied together so thank you to the university of rochester oh a lot of love to the galasano foundation for supporting uh, just just proper health care for individuals who wouldn't necessarily receive it and uh thank you to special olympics for always working with me here on this media for the movement tour and a big personal thanks for myself to Experian, who also believes in in equality and just tying people together and giving them an equal chance and an opportunity. Where's next? The Media for the Movement Tour is going to take me out to the University of Birmingham at Alabama, UAB. I'll be out in Seattle, Washington. What's up to all my friends in Seattle, Washington? I'll be up in D.C. I'm going all over the place. And I tell you this, though, you can keep up with me. You know how to do it. I'm at JR Sport Brief everywhere. But I encourage you to go to SpecialOlympics.org. SpecialOlympics.org. People have messaged me and they say, you know, how can I volunteer? Um, How can I play? Yeah, you can play too. SpecialOlympics.org. You can find all the information there. 
Um, maybe Marcus Mariota, when he no longer has a job as a starter in the NFL, maybe I can get him to, to volunteer. I might do that sooner than later. Jack Stern, amazing job tonight. you have any final words here on Mr. Mariota? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Eagles fan. I usually don't talk about on the uh, talk about that on the air, but I think for the purpose of this claim, I it's appropriate. I really wanted the Eagles to take Mariota out of Oregon because I loved him when he was co- in college. He was kind of one of the first dynamic dual threat type of guys in the game, and it's just been devastating to watch his career unravel from someone who teams were willing to trade their entire franchise away for. Shout out to Ke- Trip Kelly to watching him become a guy who's probably not even going to be a backup in the league, at least not a serviceable one in the next couple of years. I think the Falcons need to bench him immediately and see if Desmond Ritter is the guy, because if not, then they should go think about potentially drafting someone else in the draft, because it's just been a horrible situation in Atlanta with the quarterback. I think they dragged it out a little bit too long with Matt Ryan, and it's time to bench Mariota. Yeah, well, the the, the time will come. Uh, Ritter... He might be the guy. The odds are are low that he is. And either way, they, they're going to need a QB. And uh, whether they can get their hands on one in the draft is, is to be seen. But that's a, a, a good majority of the NFL. I mean, here we, we watched the Carolina Panthers tonight. They got two first-round picks, one selected number one and one number three, and they're sitting on the bench together. It's a hard-knock life in the NFL if you don't have a quarterback, man, you really can't go anywhere and do nothing unless you have a historical defense. And I don't even think that rings true here in 2022. It's been an amazing night. Thank you so much to Jack Stern. Thank you to everyone who is listening all over North America. Okay, the JR Sport Brief Show is coming to a wrap. If you missed a minute, if you missed a second, You can always hit rewind on the free Odyssey app. You can also take solace in the fact that we'll be back, myself and Jack, tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can find me everywhere at JR Sport Brief, but you don't want to leave here on CBS Sports Radio right now. Why? Because Amy Lawrence, she's coming up next. Thank you, Jack. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.